welcome to the Inner Source Healing Podcast, the program about healing from toxic abuse. My name is Deborah Ashway. I'm a mental health therapist and a licensed clinical addiction specialist, but I also have been where you are now and have experienced the devastating effects of toxic abuse. It has been a long journey through the path of healing, but when we finally awaken from the trance that we so easily fall into around toxic people, life can be absolutely amazing. It's like you can finally breathe, live, and experience life in full, vivid, extraordinary color. I want to help people get there by healing from dependency, codependency, trauma, and abuse. The healing process brings us through long-standing perceptions that have held us back from experiencing a more fulfilling and meaningful life. What to do with a fake apology? What do we do when we get a fake apology? First of all, we already sort of know that demanding an apology from someone with toxic traits actually demanding an apology in general, but especially someone with toxic traits, will do nothing but aggravate you and drive you crazy. So to expect a narcissist to take any responsibility for their actions is ridiculous. It's actually very unrealistic. It's like expecting the cat to do the dishes. They simply can't do it. They're literally missing that part of their brain that is able to understand what others feel or even really what they themselves feel for that matter. And second of all, you might want to lash out, which is going to do you no good at all. This is exactly what they want because then everything can be turned around onto you. And now they have something to hold against you because you lashed out at them. So the focus becomes entirely about your ill behavior instead of what it was originally about, which is their fake apology. So you might as well wrap that up in a package and give it to them as a gift. Here you go. Now you can use it against me because I lashed out at you. So another thing that you might be tempted to do when you get a fake apology is give them the silent treatment. That's only going to work against you too because it will provoke more conflict by the fact that it will bruise their ego or remind them that you are your own person and not completely under their control. This will cause their defense to flare up and their tactics might get worse and more fierce. So planning your reactions out ahead of time might be helpful if you're in a situation where you have to be around them and you get a fake apology. First of all, it helps to understand the disorder a little bit, the disorder that you're dealing with behind the toxic behaviors. Anything along the cluster B personality disorder spectrum is a mental illness. And that includes any kind of personality disorders, histrionic, borderline, narcissistic, sociopathic. I also include um, psychopaths or anyone without empathy, really. So keep in mind that cluster B personality disorders are on a spectrum of mental illness. They're not necessarily acting this way out of choice. I mean, who would choose to act this way by choice? It's ugly. Nobody likes to be around that kind of behavior, and I doubt they even like the way they act. The disorder developed because of a damaged ego, 
and it is really a protective mechanism to help protect them from their fragile sense of self and it's needed to survive and it usually needs attention, admiration, power and control. It needs external sources in order to survive and to protect that sense of self or that damaged ego. So it's a protective measure. Keep that in mind. They have difficulty regulating or managing their emotions. Their emotions are exaggerated to them. Sometimes they're exaggerated. Sometimes they're not even connected to them. Compare it to how we feel. Compare it to how we feel things through a set of sensory experiences. Their experience is going to be different. For, for a borderline personality disordered individual, for example, a cup of warm water might feel like a cup of scalding hot water to them. Where we would feel it as just a normal cup of warm water, they would feel it as a scalding hot water. Now this is an analogy used to describe the way they interpret feelings or emotions. So what we feel is normal joy or happiness, they would feel as ecstatic or what we might feel as an irritation or some something slightly disturbing, they would feel as overwhelming pain or an overwhelming sensation that they might not be able to regulate. So their emotions are exaggerated. For others, their emotions are pretty much removed from them or distanced from them or hidden from them. I'm not really exactly sure what happens with them, but they're not connected with their emotions the same way that we are. Their emotions to them feel overwhelming, intense, and unbearable. Keep this in mind, just so that you know. It helps, it helps make it easier um, on your part for acceptance and understanding. Accepting their limitations is definitely helpful. Understanding their limitations really helps to accept a situation in general. It doesn't mean that it's okay or that you deserve to be treated like that in any way. That is not what that means. Limitations mean just that, limitations. They're limited. They are missing that part of the brain that allows them to feel empathy the same way other people do. Just as when people have visual limitations, we don't expect them to be able to see the same way that someone without visual limitations would. In other words, we would not expect someone who is blind to be able to see. Why would we expect a person with limited empathy to be able to feel? They may never be able to give you a heartfelt apology. So just know this, it will really help you in managing your own emotions when dealing with somebody like this. Because otherwise, it can really just kind of drive you crazy. And knowing this, adjust your expectations. It never hurts to examine your expectations, never. When your expectations are unrealistic, you're really only setting yourself up for disappointment. And if you have to stay involved with someone who has toxic behaviors and limited empathy for whatever reason, you have to stay with them and you are working on accepting their limitations, then you also have to look at what you can do to reasonably get through the situation and what you can reasonably expect from them. You know that they will never be able to feel the same way that you do or apologize the way that you would hope or need. So quit looking for it. 
and quit expecting it. It won't happen. If you have to stay with somebody like that, imagine how much easier it would be and how much less stress you would feel if you could just let go of some of the expectations. It would be somewhat freeing because you would no longer be waiting for it or hoping for it or remaining ever disappointed because you don't receive it and you never will. You wouldn't have to stress about trying to demand an apology or get from them something you're never going to get or withholding anything until you get one because you won't get one. You would no longer have an empty expectation and you could just move on and go about your life. If you have to or if you want to stay with them, that is your choice, but do it with clear expectations. I don't really recommend it, but there are some cases where we just don't have a choice. So what do we do? What do we do when we get fake apologies? The first thing that we need to remember, besides understanding the limitations and accepting them, the very first thing that we need to do is establish and enforce boundaries. So what does moving on in your life while in this relationship mean? What does that mean to move on? Does that mean that you let them walk all over you? Do you give them continuous control over you? No, that is not what that means. What that means is you proceed with an awareness. In order to do that, you need to establish clear boundaries. I can't express this enough. Boundaries are super important. Once you have set boundaries, you need to maintain them. Also super important. You don't need to succumb to their every whim, every emotional outburst, or every manipulative control tactic. You also don't need to accept their fake apology. It doesn't need to be an argument if you set boundaries. Obviously, if you disagree with a narcissist, that sometimes only arouses more anger and or control tactics, but it doesn't mean that you have to accept a fake apology. So there are ways of disengaging, such as buying some time, take a few moments to cool down if you can, postpone the conversation for as long as you can by telling them that you'll return to it at some other time, maybe actually give them a time. Hopefully that will allow them some time to cool down as well. You can make up an excuse if you have to, like you have to use the bathroom or you need to get some food or you know anything that you can think of. If you're both in a calm state, gently let them know that you don't accept the apology at the moment. If you feel it's safe to do that, you can do that. It's important to be assertive. This does not mean aggressive. This means assertive. Assertive without being mean, loud, or rude. Assertive means simply stating your truth. And you can do that in a calm and gentle manner. How do you feel? Check how you feel. Start with, I feel. Using the words, I feel, and then state your feeling. Do you feel hurt? Do you feel sad? I feel hurt. Or I feel sad, or I don't feel heard, I don't feel understood. You can say your feelings in a calm way. And if and when they try to twist your feelings or shun your feelings, which is very likely to happen, you can follow up with letting them know that you heard their opinion 
admit that your feelings are your feelings and haven't changed. You can be firm on that. You don't have to agree with them because they tell you how to feel. If you don't like something that they did, it's okay to not like it. You have the right to not like stuff. I know this sounds obvious, but after being in somebody, after being in a relationship with somebody with toxic behaviors for a while, we kind of tend to forget that. We forget that we have our own wants and needs and likes and dislikes and opinions. Narcissists or people who are on the spectrum will likely react to their discomfort of your boundaries. Remember that. That is their discomfort of your boundaries. They don't like boundaries because it limits their control over you. They also don't want to allow you too much time or space to reflect on your own feelings or how their behavior hurt you. They don't want, they don't want that. If they give you too much time, you might come to your own conclusions. So they might try to cram your mind with different distractions. Insist on cool down time. You will need this. Maintain enough distance to get a clear head. It's important to maintain your boundaries of your time, your space, your feelings, your likes, your dislikes, your preferences, your opinions, and your experiences. Be consistent and don't let them wear you down with manipulative tactics. Remember to put boundaries around all of these things. Those are yours. Pay attention to how you feel. Do you feel confused? Do you feel relieved? Do you feel like they understand what, what they did or how you feel and that it won't happen again? Do you get a sense of connection? Those are all things to ask yourself after getting an apology from someone with toxic behaviors. If you answer yes, you feel confused, then you didn't really get an apology. And then you have to consider your boundaries. You don't have to agree with them, but you just have to consider your boundaries. Don't get swept up into it. Do you feel relieved? Like it's not going to happen again. If you feel relieved and like everything's been resolved, then you can move on. Do you get a sense of connection from them? Do you feel like they're emotionally connected with you? Or do you feel there's still some sort of disconnect? Check your feelings. Pay attention to your cognition. Are any of your thoughts ringing bells of previous fake apology incidents? Have you heard these promises before? Get a list of responses ready for the next time this happens. We get triggered fairly quickly when we have been wronged and when we receive no genuine apology. We need to know how to react so that we don't become part of the problem so that you give these responses instead of getting caught up in the narcissistic storm so that you don't accidentally go into defensive mode again and get flustered. Um, if you practice them ahead of time and you have them easy access, then um, it'll be easier for you to not get caught up in that and not get flustered. If you've examined and labeled some of the typical fake apologies and you know at a cognitive level that you're getting one more fake apology, use the list of responses that you learn. And you might want to practice over and over and over again to get them ingrained in your automatic response. First of all, remember your sense of humor. That's going to be important for you. Um, don't go into defensive mode. 
most importantly, don't start getting caught up in the defensive mode and don't try to explain some things to them that they're not going to be able to understand or don't try to make sense of anything for them. They're not going to understand. You're going to drive yourself crazy. And finally, never apologize for something you didn't do. That's really only going to convince them that they were right and you were wrong. So here's a list of 10 things that you can say. Just practice saying them over and over again so that they become part of your automatic response. Again, so you don't get flustered and caught up in their um, endless list of manipulative tactics, especially when you get a fake apology and um, become flustered. Number one, I don't accept that. That's all you have to say. I don't accept that. You don't have to. You don't have to accept anything. This might set them off because you're telling them that you don't accept something and they want you to accept something. But if you don't accept it, you don't accept it. If you don't accept their apology, you just don't accept it. Um, number two, I hear you. That's pretty much just saying that you hear them without giving any credibility. You're not moving forward. You're not accepting. You're not denying. You're not engaging in any kind of argument. You're just simply saying, I hear you. Number three, you have the right to your opinion. Now, this is something to say if they're trying to convince you that their apology is real or that they use a, like, a form of twisting or um, trying to tell you that something happened that didn't happen. Um, you can say, you have the right to your opinion. And again, you're not agreeing with them and you're not disagreeing with them. You're just simply telling them the obvious, that they have the right to their opinion. Number four. You have the right to feel that way. Everybody has a right to feel the way they feel. Feelings are not right or wrong. So there's no sense in arguing with anybody's feelings. There's no sense in trying to convince somebody to feel a different way. You just simply state you have the right to feel that way. That's also kind of letting them know that you yourself have the right to feel the way that you do. You're giving them permission to feel the way they do and reminding them that we all have the right to our own feelings. Number five, let's just agree to disagree. This is a common one. Let's just agree to disagree. That's kind of just shutting it down. Number six, your approach isn't working. They kind of seem to know that they are using manipulative tactics, that they're trying to twist things around, they're trying to get you to accept something or do something or whatever they're trying to do, they sort of seem to know that they're using a an approach of some sort. So when you say your approach isn't working, it kind of throws them off and confuses them a little bit. Number seven, let's talk about this later. This is so that you can buy time. This is one of those things you want to do if things are starting to escalate. Number eight is very simple. It's just two letters. Okay. This shuts down most things and is very effective when you're trying to diffuse a needless argument. When you're trying not to engage, you just simply say, okay, whatever they say, okay. It's not really, again, you're not agreeing with them. You're not disagreeing with them. You're just not engaging in any sort of argument or debate or anything 
that um, they want to engage you in. Because keep in mind, they want to keep you engaged in some sort of dialogue or some sort of argument or something. Because when you're engaged that with them, then you don't have space in your own head for your own feelings and your own opinions. So they really do work hard at this. But when you say, okay, that also leaves them at a loss because it, they can't even argue with that. Uh, number nine, I don't understand. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. When you say, I don't understand, sometimes they want to just continue to try to explain. But if you keep repeating, I don't understand, because it's really just a bunch of nonsense what they're giving you, um, you might want to use that with something else. Like, I don't understand, but okay. I don't understand, but I hear you. I don't understand, but you have a right to feel that way. Um, but just telling them that you don't understand because they want you to understand their point of view. They want to convince you and get you to understand their point of view. And number 10, I don't agree. They don't want to hear that. They want you to be in agreement with them no matter what. So when you say, I don't agree, again, you're telling them that you have your own opinion. Remember, no explanation is going to help anyways. There's nothing you can do. There's no convincing them of anything. There's no making sense of things for them. It's pointless and it's futile to try and it's only going to drain your energy. So these 10 things can be used to help you maintain your energy and your sanity. And the most important thing is stay safe. Keep yourself safe. This is top priority. If you're, if you are with someone who is prone to rage and crazy making irrational behavior, keep this in mind with your approach. Proceed with caution. Use gentle tones. If you know that they are likely to rage, weigh that out in consideration of how you reply or react. Is it worth setting off a rageful attack to try to get your point across? which you're not going to get your point across anyway. Remember that they will not be able to hear your point or grasp your feelings. So recognize the obvious red flags and stop engaging at that point before it escalates. The red flags, remember, include belittling, name-calling, criticizing, there's a whole bunch of them. Go back and listen to some of the other podcasts. Sometimes you can hear a change of vocal tones. Definitely if they start yelling or screaming, you need to remove yourself from their presence immediately. If there is alcohol or mind-altering substances involved, then that is definitely not a good time to engage in any sort of debate or disagreement. If they start playing the victim or making threats of self-harm or harm to others, get away as fast as you can. This is a clear and serious danger zone. Remember, make sure you have a support system in place. It might be a friend or a family member, it might be a quick escape plan, but know your boundaries and know your deal breakers. Know this ahead of time so that you won't be caught up in the moment of confusion. So get your list ahead, get your list of responses, practice them, um, pay attention to how you feel, pay attention to your cognition, and enforce your boundaries. 
Thank you for listening to the Inner Source Healing Podcast. Remember, it is important to give yourself the compassion that you deserve. And remember that your feelings matter. If you want more information or want to contact me, please visit my website at www.innersourcetherapy.com.